I'm ready. All right, here we are. Um, this is the first time I've ever recorded opening thoughts with a guest. Uh, Casey Anton, how have you been? I've been doing pretty well. How about you? Great. So if the name Casey Anton sounds familiar, it's because Casey was a guest on the show a little bit over a year ago. She's the founder of Spark Business Consulting, and she was a previous restaurant tour before that. And now um, a part of her business consulting with Spark Business Consulting is teaching restaurant tours how to implement profit first in their businesses, which is why we had you on the show, you and Mike McCallowitz on the show, uh, again, going over a little over a year ago. Um, and man, uh, a lot has gone on since that episode. Yeah, uh, I'll say. Yeah. Um, Especially in this industry. Absolutely. E- exactly. So what we're just going to do in these opening thoughts is kind of uh, paint a picture for you uh, where I was when I tried to implement Profit First and when we launched uh, this episode and we had a course associated with this episode and um, what's happened with Casey and her business with COVID-19 and what she's seen with her clients who are using Profit First and how that served them. Um, and then we're going to play our our, our, re- our original recording for you from last year to kind of fill you in w- about what Profit First is. And we're also announcing some big news. Uh, We're bringing back the course. The course really never went anywhere. Um, I think this is probably a good segue into uh, where I was a year ago. And I've had episodes that have went on since kind of explaining like what it was like for me on the road, uh, how it was a challenge for me to to be on the road and run restaurant unstoppable at the same time. Cause I was on the road for four months doing five to eight interviews a week mm-hmm. on site in Denver, California, like uh, San Francisco, Utah, uh, where else did I go? Uh, Los Angeles, San Diego, uh, New Mexico, Arizona. Like I was going hard and trying to implement all these things, which was a, a life lesson to maybe find a little bit more balance. But, um, Basically, um, I did not launch Profit First in my business when we launched the course and everything else. And I frankly felt really like guilty, honestly, because I'm telling people that this, is, this, this, this works. I believed in it full heartedly. I still do to this day. But I felt kind of like an imposter being like, this is what you need to do in your business when I wasn't doing it in my own business. A lot was going on for me back then. Uh, you know, being on the road, my car was total just before I had left. I thought I was bringing two more team members onto Restaurant Unstoppable. That didn't pan out. So, yeah, but we have, we're bringing it back. Um, I have launched Profit First as of January 2020, and it's been incredible, Casey. Like, my, like, Q2 and Q3 were basically washes for me um, as far as profit goes. Uh, right. But I feel like because I had profit first implemented in my business, I knew what my cash flow was. I knew where money was going and I could, I could get very conservative myself if I needed to because I knew it was tight just because I knew where my money was. Yeah. Um, do you want to reflect on that a little bit? Yeah, I'd say that you are not alone. Uh, your comments are, I think, what I hear all the time from People who say, oh, yeah, I read the book. I love the book. Great book. I tell my friends about it, but still haven't done it yet. Happens all the time. I just sit back and think like, what? what? I why? Know. You know, like, I was intimidated. Why? I was intimidated, honestly, with, with what was going on in my business. Um, and the reason why I wanted yeah. to implement Profit First was to to do profit sharing and to, to be able to show the people yeah, I was going to partner with to show them where the money was, how much we had and how, you know, it was going to be like a sweat equity type deal where it's like, I'll share a profit with you. Um, and then if that goes well, then we can make it a more serious thing. Um, yeah. But 
yeah, I think my biggest fear what for me getting started was I was so really intimidated with building those accounts, going to the bank and yeah. building those accounts. I, for some reason, thought that that was going to be so hard. It wasn't at all. Oh, good. It good. wasn't. And I did it twice because the first time I created the accounts in my private account by accident, not my business okay. account. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like it, it wasn't hard to fix either. So, um, I mean, I think if, if that if you're listening to this and you've tried to do profit first and you're afraid to set up your accounts because you think it's going to be a pain in the ass, it really took me about an hour to create all the accounts, maybe 15 minutes to actually create the accounts, and then another mm-hmm. hour to like re to go online and to like to switch my yeah to, to, oh, yeah to make sure yeah. the, okay. the 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 um draws were coming out of my operational expense account and all and the money was right. going into my income account, but it really wasn't hard at all. An hour tops. Yeah, I would probably say, and that's usually what I quote, an hour tops for everything, the setup of the accounts and then to move your, you know, your deposits, your credit card deposits, whatnot into the income account. And then anything that you might have recurring, make sure it stays in that OPEX if you have an original account or whatnot. But you're right, all in maybe an hour. And I do try and say that. I really do think it's when you say, don't just have one account, have five where people kind of just, you know, decide that they're out. But, I'm, t- you know, if they can just get over that I, or I can find a better way to express that it's really not only not that big of a deal, you will be more organized and more streamlined and less stress if you do it this way. It's just hard for me to sell that. But once people get over that and do it, and then they're like you, and they're like, oh, my God, why didn't I do this a year ago or two years ago or whatnot? Exactly. And um, I mean, I don't mind talking about money. I'm pretty much an open book. Um, But right now, um, for the first time ever as a business owner, I have cash in my tax account that I know my taxes are covered this year. And like that alone is such a relief, knowing that you have nothing to worry about. I probably have more cash than I need in my taxes account because I'm taking on 30% and putting that straight into my taxes. Um, oh yeah. So yeah. Be just because I, I want to be conservative, you know, mm-hmm. I want to play yep. it safe. And also I have $5,000 just sitting in a profit account. That's awesome. just there um, to invest in assets for myself and mm-hmm. to be like, I think what we talked about, maybe like a security net in case anything bad happens and I need to like mm-hmm. to dive into that. Um, and having that lump sum there and having that in the back of my mind, knowing that there's a security net is just, I mean, if anything, just for my mental health, you know, knowing that your I'm, mental I have health yeah. absolutely is one of the many awesome side, I think side effects that profit first has, but also now you're kind of freed up to really grow maybe take that chance, maybe make a little leap here and there because you do have that safety net. It's going to allow you to be a better business owner, to be more entrepreneurial. I mean, these are some of the things that I just love about it. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, bring you on real quick again to kind of uh, to catch up, uh, to let you know that you that I, you know, I have finally implemented profit first. I don't feel like a, a, a schmuck <laughs> anymore, like a I don't know somebody who says to go do something and doesn't do it themselves, right? right? Um, which is another reason why I'm really excited to announce that we are bringing back the course. Uh, we're going to be hosting it over at Restaurant Unstoppable Network, uh, and. I'm the way I'm going to set this up. You don't need to be in the network to have access to that course. If you just want to sign up for the course, you can absolutely do that. And Casey's going to be, or Casey, or at least one of your uh, colleagues is going to be in that course to answer questions and to support. And the idea is we're going to have everyone else, all the other restaurant owners and operators um, that are in our network who are using profit first to also be in that 
that course in that subgroup within the network to give each other some support and um, best practices. And I would love to build a, just a community of restaurateurs who use Profit First over there at Restaurant Unstoppable Network in the Profit First course. So um, be sure to stick around uh, to the closing thoughts. We'll tell you how to find that. Uh, but real quick, Casey, I know that you mentioned um, you've seen because of COVID-19, you've seen like a big difference between those of your clients who are restaurant owners who use Profit First and those yeah. of your clients who don't use Profit First. Get into that real quick before we, re- re- uh, we, we republish the old episode. Yeah. So I would even say even before COVID uh, uh, and being a, a former restaurateur myself, as you mentioned, had I known about Profit First back then, it, w- it would have been a game changer in my restaurant life. And so it it absolutely is a game changer and even more so because of COVID. So, you know, we have about 200 clients here and most of those are restaurants, but not everyone wanted to participate in profit first. And we're not going to beat you over the head with it. We think you're nuts if you don't want to do it, but we explain it. And then I'd say half do it and half don't. And I will tell you as soon, not only as soon as COVID hit, but as it went along, our clients that were had already implemented profit first, even if it was only for a few months or longer, were sitting pretty. They, they did not freak out as much as everybody else. They had some reserves, some more than others, but still just, just that knowledge that there is some reserves for you. And even more so, and this would probably go through some are not the prop, are not profit first clients, but just having your books in order, knowing your numbers, it made it so easy for us to get that PPP loan right away. I'd say most of our clients had it within the first week of April. And then the idle loans, we were able to immediately jump on those as well because we had everything in line. But overall, I would say, our, I mean, without a doubt, our profit first clients not only were able to relax and, you know, to hate to overuse the word pivot and really able to focus on their restaurants and how to get through this because they weren't so bogged down as, oh, my God, how am I going to keep the lights on? Yeah. Because they have that reserve. So it was night and day, night and day. I totally believe it. And even within the network, um, the chatter that's been going on, um, I, I had this thought that you know a lot of people, their their routines, their systems got really jacked up during COVID-19. They had their percentages locked in, you know, their prime costs locked in. And then when everything got changed, the cash flow changed, it kind of threw a rock in their system. And now they're trying to get back to where they were before COVID-19 as far as having those percentages like dialed in and knowing exactly what their prime costs are. And we talked about this in the re- original recording that mm-hmm. you can use profit first to oh, yes. stay on t- top of your prime cost. Um, are you, have you seen with the clients that maybe like had that, you know, um, I don't know that, the interruption get, are there, who are leveraging using, uh, oh, yeah. the get into that. You, you're probably better to speak to it than I am. Yeah. I mean, it's don't get back to where you were, get better to where you yeah. were is what I would say. And being able to leverage, especially the ones that, that knew about profit first or were just starting out, I'd say at the time. And now we had all this extra time in our hands because they weren't having people come in their door every night, right? So we were able to dig even deeper and say, let's open up those separate accounts for your food costs, for your beverage costs. I mean, payroll is pretty much a given for the meals tax. Any other area that you might want to spend money on, let's open an account and let's put some money aside and let's monitor that. So we were able to just dig a little bit deeper. Profit First is capable of many things. In our course, Eric, that we created, we were going over pretty much the basics for restaurants, but you can add on to that and just, you know, putting uh, intention behind every dollar that comes in does make all the difference in the world. Yeah. So if you can really, you know, segregate that down bit by bit, it's like a, a living, working budget, 
in your bank accounts. And it, you know, it sky's the limit when you do that. So yeah. we definitely had more people d- drill in, do more of it and are loving it. Yeah. And you share some really great tips uh, in the recording that we're about to republish on how to um, how how profit first is a little bit different for restaurant owners uh, that you don't get all these little elements from the book. So make sure to listen to the episode that's about to play. And also we're going to really cover in detail um, the how to implement these extra elements that you might not consider if you aren't a restaurant that you, you should consider if you are a restaurant using profit first. And that's all in the course, which again, will be hosted at Restaurant Unstoppable Network and be sure to stick around uh, for the closing thoughts. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be restaurantstoppable.com slash profit first will be a landing page for you to sign up for the profit first course over at Restaurant Unstoppable Network. Um, but we'll confirm that in the closing thoughts. And uh, I think we don't need to uh, go on any longer. I think uh, we've accomplished what I was hoping to accomplish today is to kind of to catch our listeners up to where we are with profit first myself and my business, what I've learned and what you've learned over the past year with COVID-19 and Profit First. Any final thoughts before we hit play on our old episode? My final thought would be if you were to do anything to move your business forward or just get better at it, and if you have, if you're not, if you've not implemented profit first yet, do it. It just is, is a game changer. Guaranteed. It absolutely it. is. Um, like I, and I, I mean, I'm the knucklehead over here telling you that I was able to do it finally. And I've I've seen such incredible impacts on my business in just seven or eight months or no, we're 10 months in now. So yeah, it's incredible. So, um, all right, here it is. No further ado, our original recording of the profit first money management system. Thank you, Casey. Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 637 with Casey Anton and Mike McCallowitz that it's not how much we make, it's how much we take. I'm much more impressed by a business that does, say, $100,000 and the owner's taking home $80,000 than a company that does a million dollars where the owner's taking home $50,000. The revenue we generate for our business translates to stress on the organization. And so I think cash, no cash management translates into profitability if we're simply just giving the right process to do it. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. What are you doing right now? I'll tell you what you're doing if you're in the market for a new POS. You're headed to toasttab.com slash unstoppable to set up your own demo, and you're going to find out why it's the most recommended POS on the show by a landslide. Guys, if you use my link, not only will you get the incentives that Toast is offering you by using the link... I'll also share my commission with you. I'll split my commission with you 50-50 after taxes. That's about $2,000. So I'll send you a check for $1,000 to say thank you and to help support you during these weird times. Again, head over to toasttab.com slash unstoppable. Are you still manually processing your accounts payable? No, 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 no. You need to be using Plate IQ. Plate IQ is the most intelligent and intuitive way to remotely manage your accounts payable. With Plate IQ, you can pay your vendors with a fraction of the time and manpower it took before. To learn more, head over to www.plateiq.com slash unstoppable. That's www.plateiq.com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, you'll get 25% off implementation. 
This episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And Seven Shifts is trusted by over 400,000 restaurant professionals because it gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.sevenshifts.com. Slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Casey Anton. Casey, are you feeling unstoppable today? Absolutely. I always feel unstoppable. I mean, I got you here through. Boston rush hour traffic this morning, <laughs> right. so I'm pretty. I'm feeling pretty unstoppable. And we were supposed to have Mike live with us. Mike McCallowitz live with us, uh, the author of Profit First. And uh, we are going to record that bit separately and stitch it in later. Uh, but just let me give you the listeners a big idea of who we're talking to today. Uh, Michael McCallowitz, who will be joining us shortly, is an entrepreneur, lecturer, and author of five books, including Clockwork, Surge, The Pumpkin Plan, The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, and Profit First, which we'll be talking about today. And Casey Anton is the former is a former restaurateur turned a bookkeeper who discovered the profit first money management system and was instantly hooked. Subsequently, she became a profit first professional mastering member. And there's only there's less than 50 of these in the world, right? I think now we're like at 54 maybe in the world. So climbing a little bit steady. So now you're working with businesses across the U.S. helping them uh, basically eradicate entrepreneurial uh, poverty. I cannot wait to dive into the topic of profit first, but let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Well, it's on our wall downstairs here in the office, and it's a quote from Teddy Roosevelt that says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. And uh, myself and my staff really live by that code. Tell, tell me like why that really resonates with you and why that's so important to you, that, that mentality, that mantra. Well, you know, oftentimes we're asked, you know, what sets us apart. I mean, there's a million bookkeepers and accountants out there. Why us? And uh, when I really have to think about that and boil it down, I usually think, well, we're better than the guy you're using because we care more. Um, whether it's, you know, being good at curating my staff or just being lucky in the people I have working for me and where I come from, we truly become a business partner to our clients. We truly care about their business because their success is our success. So, I think that quote really sums up, you know, how we all feel about the clients that we choose to work with. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, we're all human and we can pick up on uh, the authenticity of somebody's uh, level of caring. Right. Oh, yeah. So you can win people over. I mean, you might uh, mess up. For example, we had some audio technical difficulties right here, but I hope you guys are picking up that I care and I want to make this the best episode possible. And I'm sure because that that caring is there, we're going to make this work and it's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Just an example. But the mission of today's conversation is to introduce the Restaurant Unstoppable audience to the Profit First money management system. Uh, this is when I would have Mike talk to us about the backstory of Profit First and how this whole money management system came to be. And also, he's going to get into the uh, technical uh, human factors, the variables as to why this sucker works and why it's so impactful. Uh, so... This was going to be where Mike dove into that. Maybe real quick, you can just kind of set the listeners up uh, as to what the actually, you know what? We're just going to transition right into Mike. So he's going to pick up. Uh, we're going to take a quick 
break here <laughs> and he's Michael roll right into that interview, that portion. And yeah, we'll be back in like 15, 20 minutes. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you, Mike McCallowitz. Mike, are you feeling unstoppable? My man. Clearly I am. Cause as you were doing the first read and I cut you off, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling unstoppable until you stop me. I cannot wait to dive into the backstory of the profit first money management system and the why of how it all works. Uh, let's just dive right into it. Cause we, yeah. we have a short window. So let's just get into the, the, the good content. So tell us a little bit about the history of profit first, how you stumbled across the system and then we'll, we'll trans, uh, transition into the why. Yeah, I, I came across it honestly out of desperation. I had grown a couple of businesses and while they were successful from the outside, meaning they were multi-million dollar businesses, I actually sold both of them, one to private equity, another one to a Fortune 500. Inside, they were rotting and, uh, and that's what the world didn't know, the outside world. Um, I, I was racking up debt left and right. The, the stress was overwhelming and when I sold the businesses, um, they, they, they did recover. Uh, I recovered financially on the sale. But on my third attempt, because I thought that I had to build businesses and dump them to actually make money, my third attempt, I couldn't sell the business because it was so, um, it was struggling so much. I was an angel investor and I was horrible at it that um, I, I ran out of all my personal wealth. I eradicated every dollar I had. And I came to realize that I don't understand cash management for a business. I thought I did, but I really don't. And there was a research conducted in part by the SBA. I think there was other factions involved. And what was identified in this research was that 83% of small business owners, that's a company that does $25 million in annual revenue or less, according to the SBA. 83% of small business owners globally are in check-to-check survival. It means 83% of businesses don't know how to do cash management. Mm. It's a panic survival. So I thought the problem was just mine initially, and I went out to resolve it for me, and I found out it's it truly exists for most business owners. And it's it's become truly my life mission now. I, my, I will, until my final breath, do everything I can to eradicate this entrepreneurial poverty we're experiencing. It's, it's unnecessary, and um, I, I actually don't even think it's the fault of the entrepreneur, meaning we're not... It's not ignorance. We have extraordinary capability. We can do amazing things. We can do all these different elements for our business. Problem, I truly believe, is rooted in the foundational formula that we're taught. It's flawed. Mm, yeah, and, and I mean, there's so many different things I want to bring to the, the, the conversation right now, but if, if you want to find more about the backstory, uh, Mike's backstory, uh, if you get his book, Profit First, uh, he spends the first chapter really diving into where his life was, what he had to go through to, to realize the importance of money management. And I always say this on the show, uh, there's two things that should determine your growth as a business. Uh, the first thing should be your people. Uh, when you need room for your people to grow. And the second thing, in my opinion, is your cash flow. And I think, I think that's, do you agree with that? Or I'm, I'm just curious where you stand before I put words into your mouth. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree with it. I, I think, you know, it's funny. I, I, so many businesses, I believe, focus on the top line. I did. And it's very ego driven. I would pound my chest saying, hey, man, you know, I just achieved a million dollars in revenue. Look how great I am. Until I saw the next entrepreneur who achieved $2 million in revenue and I felt worthless and I got to drive myself more and beat them. It was very much a vanity metric. And um, I was ignoring the cash. And, and now I, I've changed my tune. Well, not now. I mean, like 12 years ago, I had the realization that it's not how much we make, it's how much we take. I'm much more impressed by a business that does, say, $100,000 and the owner's taking home 80000 than a company that does a million dollars where the owner's taking home 50000 the revenue we generate for our business 
translates to stress on the organization. The more we sell, the more obligation we have. The more obligation we have, the more stress we have. And, and as owners of the business, we manifest ourselves. We worry. We feel the stress, the compression in our, our chest. The balance to that is profitability, um, cash reserves, uh, the financial freedom, being able to do what we want when we want. And so I think cash – no cash management translates into profitability if we're simply just giving the – right process to do it. Yeah, you, we hear it all the time on the show. You have to know your numbers. And this is what we're talking about when knowing your numbers, knowing where your money is, what you have, where where things are going. And what I love about your your system is that it, it takes kind of all the guesswork out of it. It's a simple system, uh, kind of using old ways of the past with the, the money, the, the envelope management system. Um, I'll let you kind of get into kind of, well, didn't you have an aha moment where you're sitting on the couch watching some infomercial or something yeah. like that? So take us to that point and that kind of sets us up for you know the, the why it works in, in the, all the, 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 the human variables that come sure, into why sure. Yeah, so the, how, the, how my struggles manifested was on that third company. It was such an abject failure. I was losing money so quickly, yet I didn't really logically accept it. I mean, emotionally accept it. I logically, I saw the money dwindling, but emotionally, I thought one big client would come or one big investor would save me. I would sell the business yet again, and it didn't happen this time. So I lost all my wealth, and that was you know devastating to my ego. Um, so much so that I, uh, well, more than just my ego, I lost my house over this. I lost uh, our, our possessions, like our cars and stuff. We had to start anew. I never declared bankruptcy, but I was on the verge of it. I felt I had to dig my own way out. But it also affected me emotionally deeply. I, I um, went to a, a degree of depression called functional depression. It's self-diagnosed, by the way. Shame on me. I didn't go to a therapist then. I do now, <laughs> but I didn't then. And um, what I started to do was start to drink a lot, um, to self-medicate, just hoping I could go to sleep and not wake up. And that's not, I guess, suicidal thought. I mean, just, I wanted like the next 15 years just to blaze by and, uh, and wake up like Rip Van Winkle on a new world. And, um, I was sitting on the couch one day, a little bit in a stupor or very much in a stupor. And I'm, I'm flipping the channels and on comes this fitness expert talking about, a core principle to fitness. And what she was saying was that most people try to change their habits and change who they are. And that's why fitness fails. She goes, the better, more effective way is to continue our existing behaviors, but set up a system that channels that behavior to get the results we want. And she went on to explain how this works in fitness. As she was saying this, I was realizing physical fitness translates to fiscal fitness. I had so much clarity in that moment. I'm so grateful for it. I started to jot these things down. She went through four principles that I translated in the book, but they are the four foundational principles for driving positive cash flow in your business without changing anything about how you manage your business, anything about your behavior, just changing the system to assure profitability gets addressed first. Can I just like interject real quick? Because I, I want to put emphasis on what you just shared with us, the power of... Um, Making systems work for you, you not having the change to, to fit the system, but developing systems that are right for you because habits are hard to form. Habits are hard to, to develop. And if you can keep your habits the same, but develop right. a system that, that works well with who you are and how you function, do you want to get into the power of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ch- you know, cha- changing ourselves is extraordinarily hard. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Once a habit is established, breaking it's hard. And you know, a classic example is if you, if someone smokes, if, if you're a smoker, you know how deadly and how dangerous it is. Like we don't need more education on that. Yet people struggle 
to stop it because it's an established habit. Um, so even if something's deadly, we continue to do a behavior. Well, when it comes to um, what this fitness expert was explaining was change the system around us to drive the new behavior. I guess like a nicotine patch or a, um, a vape stick may be a step in the right direction. For example, I'm not suggesting those, but it could be. Um, it, when it comes to food, she was explaining that um, it's the normal behavior of, of people to fill up a plate and then eat what's on our plate. She goes, therefore, if you want to control your caloric intake, simply get smaller plates mm-hmm. because now the portions are controlled. There's forced uh, portion reduction and you'll consume less. You don't change. You still fill up your plate and eat what's on there. Uh, you can eat whatever you want, but by getting smaller plates, you can only serve less. Well, this is what we're going to do with our finances. Most businesses have a single main account one massive plate all the money goes on there and we consume it all we justify i need to spend on this i need to pay for that what we do with profit first is we set up small plates we allocate portions of money to pre-intended purposes before we spend it and then instead of seeing this one massive account saying oh that's how much money i have to spend you'll now with profit first have what's called an operating expense account or opex account and that plate that small plate is what you have to work with you know so with within those confines and uh, this is true for um tax reserves and so forth these all these little plates are and it restricts what you can spend just like a small plate restricts how much food you can consume beautiful uh so i mean is this this isn't the parkinson's law is it well, yeah, it is. It is. So, so I talk about Parkinson's law in the book extensively. Um, Parkinson's law, Parkinson was a theorist studying how we use resources. And basically, one argument he made is as a resource expands its availability, we consume more of it. His classic study was around time. So if, if you and I, Eric, were discussing a contract, and I said, hey, I'll get you that contract in one week, and you said, okay, it'll likely take me that full week. I gave myself a week of time. But if you and I, the same guys, the same conversation about the same contract, but I say, I'll get to you in one day, I likely will turn around in a day. So the consumption of the resource of time expands or contracts based upon its availability. That was his base argument. Well, this is true not just for time. It's true for all aspects of resources, including money. And so as more money is made available, it's a subconscious response, but we spend more. You know, you'll, you'll notice in your own lifestyle, as you make more income for your own lifestyle, our lifestyle upgrades pretty quickly to match our income. Well, our business lifestyle upgrades very quickly to match the income into the business, leaving no money left for the business, uh, for, for the owners to take. So leveraging Parkinson's law, what we do with Profit First is we start reducing the amount of money available to operate the business. Parkinson argued that as less of a resource is available, we become very frugal. It's called forced frugality, very frugal in its use. We also become very innovative in how we use it. So as less money comes into the business for operating and more money is allocated toward profit, we actually have to become more frugal, not get that expensive office space, not hire that other employee, but also we become highly innovative. We find ways to stretch our dollar. In yeah. fact, we have, we've run a system, of course, for ourselves now for 12 years, and uh, we got 20 computers, new computers that we needed for the office at zero dollars. Uh, Roche, a major company, um, pharmaceutical, was uh, getting rid of their computers, and we were speaking with the RGR director, and they said there's always unused computers that no one wanted. We're going to recycle them. We took them. They were higher-end computers because they came from the research department than we were even going to buy. <laughs> so, you know, we would have never thought about that. 
until we start restricting cash flow. Yeah. The well, more money you make available, you can make, you know, flipping decisions, which are usually flipping bad. Yeah. When I hear you talking, I just can't help but think from my pilot days, one of the, the professors would uh, describe the term, you know, fat, dumb, and happy is one of the pilots yeah. and crews. And uh, we're, you know, maybe two hours out from our destination and we just get lazy and lethargic, fat, dumb, and happy. And that's when the trouble happens. When we're fat, dumb, and happy is when the trouble happens because things sneak past us. And this is what happens when you start to get cash flow and you're just throwing money at your expenses. You know, you have money, money's good. Everything seems like it's going to be great, but it's when things seem like they're great that you get fat, dumb, and happy. And by using a profit first, it forces you to be lean. It forces you to, to, to use a limited amount of resources to get creative. And it, it keeps you lean and scrappy and innovative. And, and that's one of the things I love about profit first. Do you want to reflect? Yeah, so uh, is absolutely true. The funny thing is, w- with the fat, dumb, and happy, we become blind to it. And this is a justification behavior that we all have. That when we do something, it's emotionally based, and then we backfill it with logic. So as more money comes into my business, I'll say, "Oh, I need to hire that employee." Well, really, the emotion behind that may be my ego. I want to have a bigger company, um, or, or whatever. There'll be a reason. And then I'll backfill with logic and say, well, this employee, they're going to take such, so much work off my plate and so forth. When if I didn't have that money, I may look at my work in a different way and say, you know what? I'm doing stuff that's not even necessary. Or maybe there's a software application that can do this for $10 a month instead of hiring a full-time employee. So we just have to be real. We have to realize that we are human and therefore we make emotional based decisions and we backfill with logic and we actually try to convince ourselves why we did the right thing. When the money's not available in the first place to spend, we can't go through that behavior and we have to work accordingly or appropriately with the money that we do have. Beautiful. So some of the things we covered so far, Parkinson's law, we covered uh, the, the power of small plates. Uh, do we get a little bit into the primacy effect? Yeah. So the, the primacy effect is, is this, that we put the most weight in something that comes first. So there was a cool study um, and I can't replicate it uh, you know, on a podcast, but you can see this in print, but basically I'll try to explain it. Um, this study put like, I think five words down and uh, they were identical words, but in a different sequence. So the first sequence said like love, respect, uh, neutrality. And the last word was evil. They took the same words and they flipped it. The first word was evil, then bad, then neutrality, and then respect and love, right? The exact same set of words. And in this test, they said, which person is the criminal? Which person is the saint? And the, everyone said, oh, the saint's the one that starts off with love and so forth. Um, we put more weight, more significance than what we see first and start applying a bias uh, and use it to justify the rest of what we see. So if the first few words are love and respect, like, oh, that's a saint. First few loves, you know, words are evil and hatred or whatever. We're like, oh, that's the bad person, mm-hmm. even though on a logical basis, they're the same. We have to realize that we're very affected by this primacy effect. When money comes in, if the first thing you're looking at is bills, you're going to put extraordinary weight in that and you're going to spend all that money on the bills and justify it. We need to do this. It's appropriate and so forth and pay ourselves last. That's the horrible thing. And many business owners, myself in particular, I became resentful of my business because all the money was constantly going out the door. Every dollar I made was going out the door immediately. Well, once I started taking my profit first and paying myself and taking care of my taxes first, then I saw what my business truly had to operate itself. And now the primacy effect works to my, my advantage. Every time money comes in, I allocate money to a profit and there's a dopamine response. I'm like, wow, I, uh, I just took money for myself and then I pay myself a salary. I'm like, wow. And then taxes are reserved. I don't have to worry about that. And then the business gets the, the money it truly has to operate itself. So 
by taking your profit first, you make the primacy, primacy, uh, I'm sorry, the primary effect uh, work to your advantage. And it, uh, to your advantage, I'm tongue twisted. <laughs> I think we're picking up what you're putting down. Uh, so yeah. we've covered pretty much the, the majority of the why, the human variables as, to far, as, to, as far as why this works. Is there anything we're missing? Is there anything else you want to bring to the table before we thank you for your time and uh, bring Casey back to the conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, the last thing I just wanted to share is that this system, you know, we have rolled it out to over 150,000 businesses. And by the end of 2019, it's going to be well over 250,000 in our estimate, estimation. And what we found is the businesses that successfully implement profit first do it slowly. That's the key. Um, the whole Casey can outline the entire system for everyone and, and it can get overwhelming. And the shame is when we get overwhelmed, we don't do things. So the key is to start slowly. And what I suggest most people do just to get your feet in the water is to set up one account, a profit account at your current bank, allocate 1% of your income to it. So if a thousand bucks comes in, you put 10 bucks in the profit account. And if you can run your business off a thousand dollars, sure you can run your business off of nine hundred ninety dollars. There's no, you know, consequence to how you operate your business, but it's very consequential in that you'll start taking your profit first. You'll start putting the primacy effect in place now by taking your profit first, and yeah. that dopamine will release, and you'll start building the muscle of profit. And then maybe a month or two from now, that one percent goes to two and three and four and starts growing. But you can only you'll, you'll most likely do it successfully if you start slowly and continue to take baby steps to where you want to be. Yeah. What Mike's talking right now is developing habits. When we develop habits, it's really harder for us. So if you lower the resistance, if you make developing the habit as easy as possible, think about going for a run, right? You don't have to start with three miles every morning. Start with putting your shoes on and walking to the curb and back right. to the house, right? And that's what you're talking about right now. You're making the, the resistance to developing that habit as easy as possible. So it gets easier and easier. And when you lower that bar and you, you know, you, you achieve it, you get that, that, that dopamine release, right? And every time exactly. you raise that bar, you're still, you, you, you develop, you get hooked on this, this, these chemicals that your body's releasing because you're, you're achieving the goal, right? Um, that's and that's exactly. why it's so, so powerful. Um, so. Anyway, I've, I've really loved this conversation and I want to take this moment to, to thank you for your book because I've read it now four times and I, to, to, to put emphasis on what you're sharing with us that it's hard to start. I, I think I discovered your book over a year and a half ago and I still have not yet implemented this, but mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I'm, I'm partnering with profit first and Casey in, in creating awareness around this and creating the, the uh, hopefully additional material around this, this, this uh, method that you've developed is because I'm forcing myself to really master it and learn it so I can implement it here at restaurant unstoppable. And I want you to know that this week, right after we get today, right after we get off the call, I'm going to set up my first account and I'm going to write you that email and uh, I'm going to be a part. Right. Uh, and I really want to walk the walk. So uh, thank you for the motivation and the inspiration. Oh, you're very welcome. And, and uh, I'm wishing you huge success and huge profits. All right, Mike, thank you so much for the time today. Uh, we're going to bring Casey back and I appreciate you uh, sharing your knowledge. Here's Casey. <laughs> Cheers. All right, before we bring Casey on, just one quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. Head over to toasttab.com slash unstoppable to find out why Toast POS is the number one recommended POS on the show by a landslide. So there's a bunch of reasons why Toast is being recommended on the show, but I'm finding the most common reason is because of their customer support. And now, while I don't think you'll need their customer support all the time, it 
when that Friday night rolls around and there is a question you have and you're busy, you're going to wish you were able to get right into that customer support and they will be there for you. Uh, the other reason why Toast is always being recommended on the show is because of how many other platforms integrate with Toast. So you can literally marry all the technologies in your company together. They'll, they'll work together. They integrate together and you can turn on these additional features as you need them. It's like flipping a switch. It's that easy. So that's why I love Toast. That's why my guests love Toast. And again, if you want to learn more, head over to toasttab.com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, I'll send you a check for $1,000 when you become a customer. All right, we're back. So uh, Mike just told us about the history of Profit First, why it's so impactful. And now we're going to dive into Casey's portion, which is why Profit First works especially well for the restaurateurs. So our listeners know the history of Profit First. They know the the human factors and why it's so impactful. Why don't you tell us now uh, why it's so, so incredibly important and effective with restaurants? Sure. Thanks. Um, first, I'd like to go, probably just go back to why I feel like I'm the right person to speak about this. And um, that would be because I'm from the restaurant industry. I've worked in it since from 14 to 40 years old um, in every type of restaurant and every position in the restaurant. And I was lucky enough to own and operate restaurants in Boston um, in my 20s and 30s. And um, from what I learned there, I mean, we had a very popular restaurant, so we saw some good times, some real good times. And then, you know, restaurants kind of wear thin. And for us, September 11th had happened and things happened. So we saw the other side of the restaurant coin, which is not so pretty and actually downright dirty. So, um, but once I read, I got out of the business after I had a family and went into bookkeeping, more consulting for restaurants. And then I picked up the book Profit First on my honeymoon a couple of years ago. And I just jumped off my chaise lounge chair. I was in Maine at this great resort in Ogunquit. And I said, this is it. This is what my clients need. Because I knew right then and there, had I known about Profit First and, and this cash management system in my restaurants, I probably wouldn't be where I, where I am today. Um, restaurants are a business of nickel and dimes, more so than so many other businesses. And this system, this cash management system really puts intention behind the money that comes into your business. And when you do that, the expenses will conform to what they need to be and in a restaurant because you just don't know what sales you're going to bring in every day. I mean, you can have an idea of it and you might be pretty close, but you don't know when game seven of the Stanley Cup might happen. That's going to affect some restaurants and you don't know when a snowstorm might come in and that's going to affect sales. So given the fact that restaurants make it happen, no matter what the outside factors are, Profit first cash management system will help you with that in, in, in the fact that your expenses need to, to conform to what the income is. So it's, it's transformational. Um, we work with several restaurants, more than several right now doing profit first and it's made all the difference in the world. Yeah. Um, like, like I said, uh, Mike's, we're going to record Mike's bit separately, but, uh, I'm assuming that he's going to touch on the human factors. And basically when you're given a certain, an, an allowance, right, you're likely going to use that entire allowance, uh, but if you limit the allowance, you, your mind, you tap, you start to tap into that, that creative part of the mind. And I'm sure this is going to come up in the conversation. I'm, so I'm probably re, uh, you know, I'm probably doubling back right now, but I think it's worth it because I think that's what you're talking about right now. Like there's a switch that gets hit when you, when you limit 
the the resources you, you just tap this you tap into your frontal lobe you, you you turn on that frontal lobe do you want to speak to that a little bit yeah that's exactly right and that's just one of the many benefits i have found in using the profit first cash management system and, and mike i assume we'll talk to it in his piece but part of it is based on parkinson's law which states that um Basically, the time that you're you're going to use the time that you're given to fulfill any projects. If you're given ten hours to fill a pro- fill, fulfill a project, you'll do it in ten hours. If you're given one hour for the same project, you'll do it in one hour. He'll he might give the example in the book of of toothpaste, a tube of toothpaste. You know, you're you're going to be liberal with it from the moment you open that brand new tube, right? But when it gets down to that very nitty gritty, and you're squeezing and you're pushing to get every last drop off, and you might only get half the toothbrush filled, well, you're going to make do with that half toothbrush full of toothpaste. You know, so yeah, that's what it comes down to. You know, making figuring out how to make more with what you have or how to just make it work with what you have. And and you will and you do. And what I have found in my um, experience with Profit First is that you do it better when you're doing it under the guise of this is what I have. I'm going to make it work. Yeah. So let's let's talk sp- specifically about the restaurant industry and why Profit First works better for restaurants than other industries. Why it's so powerful in this industry in particular. Well, I will say that it we're, I can't find a business that it doesn't work for, but especially like you just said with restaurants, one, because restaurants are used to having to make do with what they have because of so many outside factors. But secondly, you know, with restaurants really not having giant profit margins and being a business of nickels and dimes, you do have to watch every single dollar that comes in. And then if you're just, if you're just intentional about what you do with that dollar, it will make all the difference in the world. So profit first what it says, take your profit first yeah. and you can do that. Now with the restaurants, it's, it's a little different and the books, you know, spells it out uh, pretty well, but with the restaurants, one of every dollar that comes in, you're going to pay meals tax. So let's set that aside because it's not your money. Right. And some restaurants can get into trouble if they don't do that. So it's great to just immediately set that money aside and have that ready to go come tax time. Secondly, you pay for food and beverage, liquor, whatnot, that's got to be paid for. And if you, you know, if you, this is what I really like about it. If you have a, if you know what your costs are, you cost out your menu accurately, which is a topic for another conversation, but so important to have accurate menu costing. And if you say, I know I'm at 30%, well then take 30% of every dollar that comes in and put it to a bank account and call it costs of goods sold, food, beverage, whatnot. And therefore that becomes your budget, that bank account, that 30% that's going in there off every dollar that becomes your bank account to pay your vendors with. So guess what happens? If it comes to the end of a cycle and there's not enough money in that vendor account to pay those vendors, well, guess what? You're not running a 30% food or beverage cost. You're running higher than that. And wouldn't you rather know that now than a month to six months down the road when you finally decide to maybe take a look at those financials and understand what they mean? Yeah. This is immediate. If we're, we're, if we're going to start Profit First, like how do we do it? What's that process of implementing Profit First in our business look like? Okay, sure. Well, first I'm going to say that isn't... It's not a different accounting system. So you're still going to have a profit and loss and a balance sheet and you're going to reconcile and do all the stuff that every accountant, you know, in the world or at least the US that they do. So that's not going to change. This is just a cash management system overlay. So what happens is instead of your traditional one or two bank accounts that you might have set up for your business, 
the typical profit first cash management system is going to have you open five. And those five are, and you nickname them with whatever um, bank you choose now. And you will want these to be free um, business checking accounts with no fees, no minimums. And yes, those banks do exist. We actually have a whole listing of them across the U.S. The banks that, that know about profit first and love to work with us. So anyway, so those five free accounts, they're going to nickname them income, owner's pay, tax, um, OPEX, and then what did I miss? Oh, what did I miss? Profit, tax, owner's pay, income, and OPEX. Yes, those are the five. Sorry about that. So and it's important to kind of have them set up in order with your, um, the income is going to be the account where all of your sales, all of your deposits, that's all that goes into that account. You're just going to keep piling money into the account. Then when you decide to do your allocations. Now the book, if you read Profit First book, it'll say the best days to do them are the 10th and the 25th of every month for various reasons. Uh, I find for restaurants, because cash flow is often tight, that it's better to do it weekly, even more than weekly if cash flow is that tight. So it's absolutely possible to do it as much as possible. The point is to always do the allocations the same way. But let's say we're going to do it weekly. Then whatever day, maybe every Tuesday when you know all your credit card deposits hit from the weekend, you're going to go in to your open up your bank account. You're going to see those five accounts. You're going to have all that money sitting on the income account. Hit us with the five accounts one more time. Just the, the drive. Sure. Out. Yep. So you're going to have the income account, which all the sales hit. Yep. Then profit, owner's pay, tax and operating expense. Those are the five basic profit first accounts we have businesses set up. Got it. So now you're in your banking account. You're looking at these accounts. Stick from there. Yep. So I will add. So for restaurants, we 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 ask that they add a couple extra accounts, which okay. are really key for restaurants. So for restaurants, I would have them add an additional um, cost of goods sold account, a labor account for their payroll, and because those are the two prime costs in a restaurant, it's important to separate those out, and then a meals tax, so we don't get in that meals tax trouble that we often yep. see. Yep. Okay. Cool. Take it from there. Okay, great. So just say on a Tuesday, you log into your uh, bank account and in that income account, you see for easy numbers, you see $10,000 sitting there. Well, if you believe that your cost of goods sold is 30%, you're going to transfer 30% of that 10,000. So 3000 into there. Then if your labor runs at, let's say 30%, then you're going to transfer $3,000 into there. So now we have $4,000 left in that income account. Then you're going to transfer off whatever your tax rate is in, in your town or your state, and that'll go in the meals tax. And then what's left over there is what we call real revenue. So that's going to be also known as gross profit in accounting world. So it's, it's the money left over after your prime costs are taken care of. So we'll just, we're going to use just for round numbers. We'll say there's um, $4,000 just left in as real revenue. So that money is then distributed to those four other accounts, which are profit, owner's pay, tax, and operating expense. So off that real revenue, we'll put percentages. Maybe we're going to put 5% in that profit account. We're going to put maybe 20% in owner's pay, 5% in that tax account. That tax account is just to pay for the owner's taxes. Profit First is very much about rewarding the owners. It's the owners that created the business, the owners that should be rewarded by the business. So that's what that tax account is for. It's to pay the owner's taxes. And then the remaining, what would that be, 70% of that would go into OPEX to pay the overhead operating expenses of the business. 
those are just um, kind of random percentages or sort of common that I have come up with. But in order to get your percentages for your particular restaurant, we would run a full profit assessment. That's something that we do. It's also described in the book if someone wants to attempt it themselves. But it really just takes the history of where the money has gone in your business for the past year, maybe two years. We kind of start with that. And then we have a game plan onto the... Um, to the target percentages we want to get to for maximum profitability in your restaurant. Okay. So I'm still learning here too. Like the whole purpose of this podcast is for me to go out there and learn and to share these lessons with you at home listening to this. So I want to make sure I understand this. So are you saying that when we go to our banking account, uh, we have all these different accounts set up with our bank. Uh, I counted up to this point, uh, seven accounts that you're recommending that we set up with the five, uh, sorry, eight accounts yes. with the five, uh, the profit, uh, the owner's pay, the taxes, the operating expenses, and then the three additional that we are using because we're a restaurant. So cost of goods sold, labor, meals tax. Uh, so I'm a little confused here. Are you saying that when we go to that, that checking account, uh, at the end of each week to, to see where we're at, to, to do our analysis, uh, we're going to first take the cash that we've earned that week and we're going to make sure that the cost of goods sold, labor and meals tax are the, are the first things that are being taken care of? Absolutely. Those are your prime costs. They come first. Yeah. So this isn't unique to the restaurant industry because from maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, like I said, still learning here, uh, the way I, when I read the book, uh, it's, it's profit first, right? So you want to pay yourself first. So in this circumstance, we want to make sure those, uh, prime costs are being taken care of. Why is that? Why is that the circumstance, the circumstance with restaurants? It's also the circumstance with the construction industry is as well. You always take your prime costs out first because it's prime costs are basically it's, it's, expenses that you had to incur in order to produce that revenue that came into that bank account. Without those prime expenses, you wouldn't have produced that revenue. Whereas OPEX, that's kind of one of the bank accounts that falls below, that's more of your overhead, more if nobody walked in the door, you would still owe those expenses out. So um, the way I think Mike puts it, puts it in the book, and it might be he might be referring to the construction industry, but it works well for restaurants too, is you know, you could have a million dollar job, you know, maybe you're building a custom home for a million dollars, but it's going to cost you 750,000 of prime cost. Like you couldn't do it without the materials and the labor to build that house. Well, that's not, your business isn't really worth a million dollars. Your business is worth the difference, the real revenue of that. It's the money that your business generated from producing that job. The money that you may, you know, just the prime cost, the money you manage over it. So we're just looking for the gross profit because that's what you can really control. Um, in your business, in your restaurant. Got you. And uh, we may have covered this with Mike. And if this sounds repetitive, I apologize, but it's probably a good thing if it's repetitive because we want to drive this sucker home. Uh, the traditional model uh, of the way, the way people operate their businesses is um, revenue minus expenses equals profit. That's the formula, the traditional formula, right? Correct. The traditional formula. So yes. this formula is saying uh, revenue mm-hmm. minus profit equals expenses. Exactly. Um, and that's, that's, I think the, the, I don't know if we've hit that yet, maybe a little bit. Do you want to reflect on that? What I shared or is uh, it worth? Yeah. I, I mean, I could speak to it. I'm sure, I'm sure Mike will in his piece as well. So, I mean, his, the whole, I guess, point to profit first is he's flipping that equation over. So you're right. So say it's sales, you know, or revenue. It's basically sales minus expenses equal profit. That's the, that's what we've learned since the beginning of time. That's what we were taught. And what happens is that means that profit becomes, you know, the afterthought, the last person to be picked up for kickball. It's just 
maybe something that might happen if you're, you know, lucky enough. Um, and if we treat it that way via that equation, sales minus expenses equal profit, then it doesn't become a priority. It doesn't really become important. It is the leftovers. And if it's your business, why would you want to treat profit that way? Profit is, uh, not all, it's extremely necessary for a business. It's not just to reward the business owner. It profit is what, makes your business grow it's it's what services debt if there's debt service profit is extremely important it's how you take care of yourself and absolutely your if you're not taking care of yourself and your family then guess what that business isn't going to last that long yeah because your, your life is going to fall sure. out from underneath you so uh, i just want to put emphasis on that because i think a lot of people when they hear profit first they're like it's not about the profit it's about the people it's about relationships and like that's not the mentality that i want you to hear when you hear profit first it's about taking care of yourself so you can take care of other people uh, and if you're not mm-hmm. taking care of yourself and this is something that comes up time and time again in the restaurant industry is burnout and we lose we lose track of the finances and then once once that happens like it's just mayhem so i want to put emphasis on this whole idea of, of paying yourself first uh and uh the idea that you, you need to pay yourself first so you can take care, so you can do all the things that we're supposed to do, like take care of others. Um, so just to kind of bring you the listeners back to where we left off, uh, Casey set us up with the different checking accounts that we're going to have. And there's eight accounts. The first one, profit that's you're paying yourself first. Uh, then owners pay, and we'll get into the differences of these. I'm sure I'm just trying to, get some repetition here, mm-hmm. taxes, operating expenses, and then the three unique that you, you pay out first are the cost of goods sold, labor, meals tax. That's right. Cool. Yep. And I, let me just add to that. So, you know, I, as soon as I got out of the restaurant industry, I sold my last restaurant in 2008 um, and then kind of just fell into uh, restaurant consulting. People in the industry had asked me to help them set up their restaurants and it all kind of came back to the financial foundation. So that's really kind of where I honed my skills. I was just ended up being good at the numbers. It's something I understood. Um, so that's really where I ended up starting Spark Business Consulting, which is uh, bookkeeping and accounting especially for restaurants. And I would tell you, when I would first walk into a restaurant, if they had more than two accounts set up, checking accounts, I'd be like, oh, here we go. Well, this is going to be a nightmare. So I was never for that until I learned the Profit First Cash Management System. And I know it might sound daunting. What do you mean? Eight bank accounts. Holy cow. It really, it really flows so well. And you're only touching a couple of those accounts maybe once a week. If your cash flow gets really good, which is another wonderful side benefit of Profit First, then you might only have to do it twice a month, which is even better. So again, it may sound daunting for the accounts, but they're going to be free. They're going to be no minimums. And it's really, if you just follow the system, it'll take you no longer than five to 10 minutes a week to do this. Okay. So we've identified the accounts. We've identified, um, the value of setting it up like this, what's next in that, that process of how? Okay. So, you know, we, we got to our, our allocation day and we, we log into our bank and we see all that money nicely piled up in our income account. And now we're going to allocate it to all the other accounts, right? So then that income account is going to go to zero and the other ones are going to be populated. So that first one we had talked about, well, we'll say it's meals tax, right? So that money's nicely set aside for meals tax day done. Second one is the cost of goods sold. You can write your vendor checks or however you pay your vendors right out of that account and that'll keep you on track with your food and liquor costs. Done. Second one is payroll. Just have your payroll pulled right from there. All set. So then we get to the other accounts. Profit. What we're going to do with that is 
We're going to be squirreling that money away, transferring it to a, a remote savings account. Plenty of banks out there offer high interest rate, no minimum, no fee savings accounts. And we're going to squirrel that away to one of those accounts. And we're going to do the same with the, with the tax account. This would be the owner's tax account. Squirrel that money away for a quarter. The reason why we do that uh, is, well, for two things. One, it's going to just earn you money um, over in that savings account, which is nice. And it may not be a ton of money, but it's, you know, it's going to be maybe about a hundred or two bucks. So that's not too bad. Secondly, it's out of sight, out of mind. We don't want to keep it in that same local bank where something might, you know, go awry in your restaurant and all of a sudden you see, you know, a thousand dollars in that profit account. Oh, I'm going to transfer that right over to OpEx. I need it. I need it. I need it. And, um, a lot of decisions I, I know firsthand are made that way in a restaurant, and we we don't want that to happen because we know you'll find another way. If we just move that money aside and it's not accessible to three to five business days, you'll find another way. And that's a lot about what Profit First is about. Again, tapping into that frontal mm-hmm. loop, hitting that switch and forcing you to get creative and scrappy. Yep. And resourceful. Exactly. Um, so I cut you off there. Keep going. Yeah. So now we have our profit and tax accounts squirreled away in those in these remote savings accounts. So those accounts now go to zero in your local bank. Owner's pay, that's for the owner to write themselves out a check. That is their pay. If the owner is on payroll, then you can move that up to your payroll account, and that's fine. But you want that money separated in owner's pay account so you know what you're entitled to, what you should be paying yourself. So whether you pay yourself in a draw or on a, on a paycheck, if you're an S-corp, you can trans, again, you can transfer that wherever your payroll is pulled from, but that's the amount of money that you know the owner should be taking. And it's usually more than the owner is currently taking once we implement this system, which is always a nice benefit. And I just want to tap the brakes a little bit right there, because I think a lot of people, when they think of allocating their, their earnings, that when you say profit, like they're probably already thinking, oh, that's my pay. Profit's owner's pay, right? But oh, it's no, not. It's not. It's <sighs> not. So you, so if, you know, you're getting paid on top of putting all this other stuff away. Like you have your own account that you're paying yourself to. Um, so if, if we're putting away the, that profit and I'm sorry if I'm getting ahead of you, if we're putting mm-hmm. away the profit mm-hmm. that we, we check once a quarter, um, what are we using that profit for? Like, where is that going? Like, what's the point of having that? Is that then at the end of the quarter owners pay or are we using that? I don't understand. So profit, as I said earlier, is used a few different ways in any business. Uh, the number one usual way for profit is that's what you pay debt down with. There's no other way to pay debt, whether you have credit card debt, line of credit loans, um, investor loans, whatever it is. The only way to service that is through profit. So if you have that, that's what we're scrolling the profit away for. So we can cut down your debt because getting debt free is one of the best feelings in the world. What if we're uh, debt free already? So great. So if you're debt free already, one, congratulations, you're in like the <laughs> rarity. But if you are, then this is what we recommend you do. Take half that profit and you're going to put it into a reserve fund because it is always nice to have that rainy day fund, especially in a restaurant when that oven blows or you need new AC or whatever it is and you don't want to take that out of operating expense. Now you certainly don't because we've kind of narrowed down what our budget is for operating expense. So if you have those, you know, extra extraordinary things that happen, you're going to want a rainy day fund so you don't have to go put it on a credit card or get a loan. So half of that profit, if there's no debt, is going to go into a reserve fund, which is a nice asset to have in any business. The other half is going to go to the owner. And the owner, you know, that's what it's for. It's for, it's, it's, it's the pat on the back for the owner, but the owner can also do other things with it. And one thing I recommend is they can do profit sharing. Yes, that's what I was hoping. Profit sharing for management, profit sharing for their staff at any percentage that they want. But 
you know, it's a great way to give, um, quote unquote ownership or equity without giving ownership or equity is to do it in the form of profit sharing. Okay. Thank you for getting into that. And I think we left off. Um, we were now in the owner's pay. We, we talked about that mm-hmm. bucket or that account. Yeah. Next one's taxes. Yep. So that's the owner tax account. Again, we're going to scroll that away for a quarter because if an owner is taking draws from a business, especially if they're an LLC or if they're S Corp and they still take draws, they have to make estimated quarterly payments to Uncle Sam to make Uncle Sam happy. If they don't, they're going to be penalized for that. So that tax account that we're going to scroll away quarterly, we bring it back at the end of the quarter and we use that money to pay the estimated quarterlies for the owner. So that year end, come April 15th, and they're not going to have to worry about a tax bill. We want, we always want to break even on taxes. We don't want to give Uncle Sam more money interest-free to use throughout the year. We don't want to give him less and have to pay. So that's what it's for, estimated quarterly taxes that all owners have to pay. Okay, and then we have uh, OPEX. And then the OPEX, that's to pay everything else that isn't food, beverage, labor, or meals tax. So that's to pay all the overhead of the staff. And it's going to be a smaller amount than what the average owner is used to because it's not all lumped in together with the vendor money and the payroll money. It's going to be smaller, but then you're going to, you're going to make it work. You, you will because you have to, but two, it's just the way your brain's going to function. So what are, what are some of the specific items that go into Operation X? Can you give us some examples? Well, that would be your, your insurance. Uh, any type of office supplies, um, services, software service, stuff like that. Yep. Software services, advertising, marketing, um, POS computer, possible POS leases, lease payments. Oh God, I could go down a whole list of them, but yeah, I just want to give the specific ideas to kind of give the listeners an idea of what we're talking about here in OPSEX. I'm pretty sure it's straightforward, but you never be too, too careful. Um, okay. So we have, we talked about what all these accounts are used for. Uh, we've set it up. Um, what's next after we're putting money? Is there, is there worth going on or does it stop here? What happens? Well, it's just important to, well, I can't hit home enough. Uh, I know how daunting it might sound to open all these accounts because that's the number one, I think, pushback that I get when I speak with clients about this. And I just can't reiterate enough that it'll sound daunting. It really is easy. It is really easy once it's set up. So once we do that, the second most important thing to do is consistency, to stay with it, to not get freaked out. Um, Even if you have to do these allocations every day for a while just to keep the money flowing through the business, then do them every day. Do them every hour if you want to do them, but just do them. The last thing we want to see somebody do is log into their bank account, See that income account at 10000 and transfer it right down to the OPEX and bypass every other account. We don't want to see that happen. That is a recipe for a disaster. So just if you need to go in and do the allocations, you need to have money populated in those accounts, just go ahead, but just stick with the program. Just stick with the percentages that you know are mapped out for you mm-hmm. and keep going. And what will happen, and I know this will happen because I've not only seen it in my own business, I see it every day in the you know 40-odd businesses that we're doing this for, is that all of those accounts, especially you know the the nerve-wracking accounts like the cost of goods sold or the labor account or the opex those balances are going to start to build because you're going to start running a better restaurant you're going to be looking at your costs in a way that you haven't looked at them before and you're going to look for streamline efficiencies it, it's it almost gamifies it it actually it might sound like a struggle struggle isn't, isn't even the word i would use for this it's 
it's just another part of your brain, like you mentioned, of using, and it's fun and it's exciting. And you now you're going to start seeing these efficiencies come into play in terms of the balances, and these accounts are going to start to add up, add up, add up, and you're you're going to be on fire. Yeah, and you you mentioned gamification; it's almost mm-hmm. like a game. And we learn from the great game of business, Jack Stack, that when you start tracking the numbers and you have this, these this, these systems, it becomes trying to beat your score from last month, right? And the the real magic is when you. Bring Bring your team into this and you share the numbers with them and you make this into open book management where you're not just you're not just using the profit first method. You're then teaching the profit first method to the next generation of operators and they all get in on the game. And when you can when you can make it into a game and you make it about the numbers and and being better than you were uh, last week, this Mm -hmm. week, then that's when the magic really starts to happen. That's when the momentum starts to pick up. And it's so powerful. Yeah. All right. One more quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure your profitability and restaurant success. Trusted by over 400 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system you already use and trust like toast, turning labor into a competitive advantage for you and your business to get three months absolutely free. Head over to www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Get on it. You've been hearing it a lot on the show lately. Plate IQ. Find out why Plate IQ is the most intelligent and quite frankly, the most intuitive way to remotely manage your accounts payable. With the new spend management feature, you can issue virtual or physical cards directly, or you can even connect your existing corporate cards to get visibility into historical and real time card activity. And when you're using that virtual card, you can get up to 1% cash back. And I haven't even mentioned all the insights you can get with Plate IQ Insights. You can compare spend by item, vendor, time, period, location, and the list goes on. You can get alerted if a price is outside of your contracted terms. You can get access to a hot list of real-time price changes, and you can even categorize your spend analysis. And I know we all have to pay bills, and it sucks to pay bills, but it sucks a whole lot less with Plate IQ's bill pay feature. You can see what is due when. You can schedule payments. Payments by check, ACH, or card. And man, how user friendly is that calendar for scheduled pending and paid invoices? Plus, you can hold on to your flow. No money leaves your account until it is received by vendor. Here is your call to action. Head to www.playiq.com slash unstoppable. That's plate like the thing you eat off of IQ like your intelligence.com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, you'll get 25% off implementation. Okay. So, I mean, we've covered a lot, anything else that we need to cover before starting to wrap things up? Well, I think there's only one more thing I want to add. I probably should have added it in the beginning, but maybe it's a good place to kind of end on as well. And, and perhaps Mike will touch on it, but 
the biggest visual I think I can give the listeners is um, possibly right now in your business, you might be logging on to that banking app on your phone and you're looking at that one account and you know maybe it has $10,000 in it. And in your head, whether you realize it or not, but we have 297 clients, so I see this all the time, you're thinking $10,000. Okay, great. I got $10,000. I could pay payroll. I could pay my rent. I could pay this. I could buy this. I could buy this. And you spend the $10,000. But what you don't or may not necessarily realize is in that $10,000 balance you see in that one account is your profit, is your owner's taxes, maybe even your owner's pay in there, and you just went and you spent it on stuff that you probably could have lived another day without. So when you use the profit first system, you basically leverage that bank balance accounting system. So now you can go ahead and log into that banking app. But now you're going to only be looking at that OpEx account for the most part to, to cover those expenses. Or maybe you're just going to look at that vendor account. And you know what? If that vendor account's showing $3,000, then guess what? You can spend that $3,000 in your vendors because that's what it was assigned for. And the same with labor and the same with OpEx. So you can have that mentality, that bank balance, log in, look at the balance and say, okay, that's what I have to spend. Because now you can do that because we've already put intention behind that money and placed it where it belonged via these accounts. Yeah. And um, again, I think it just taps onto that that scrappiness, right? When, when we have a certain budget to work with, um, we, we will make the most of that money. You make but, it work. And the, I think the other thing that, that comes up, that came up in the book is a lot of businesses will have peaks and valleys, right? Mm-hmm. Busy seasons and slow seasons. Um, and they will, maybe they, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll uh, get all these bells and whistles on their business during the busy season. And they have the, the cash flow to manage that busy season. And then what happens is maybe you hit like a slow time but mm-hmm. you're still operating with all these bells and whistles. Um, did we talk about that at all? Are you well, that's why it's down? percentage based. Okay. Gotcha. So that's that basically being percentage based. will cover that. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So I think we covered everything that we came here to cover today. Um, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you, you might have some questions. You might be interested in learning more. So, I mean, we need some calls to action here to kind of get you guys taking the next steps. And I think the first call to action is head out there. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes. If you head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash profit first, I will have uh, a link to the book profit first right there in the show notes. So you guys can get that book uh, today and start learning more. Uh, it's on audio. So head over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable and you can get that book for free if you're not already an audible listener uh, you should be it's it will be a game changer and there is talks about a possible course so if you're interested in really wanting to you know get that step-by-step process so get the book uh stay tuned for the closing thoughts too i'll probably share some more information there about the when and the how and um any final thoughts any last thoughts you want to share before we start to wrap up uh um, there's also some information on um, our website to follow up with, as well as some restaurant articles that we've written that are helpful about food costs, location, things like that. So, um, no, I think that the webinar is a great follow up. But Profit First, like you said, the book, the audio book, it's fun. Uh, it's a fun read. It goes really quick. I know most people read it two or three times just because it's easy and fun and it flows. Yeah, it's read by Mike, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you you will hear Mike. Uh, and You've heard Mike now. He's got a ton of energy. Uh, he's well-spoken. He's, he's entertaining. It's a fun book to listen to and read. And uh, the only other thing I want to put emphasis on again is the idea that, you know, you know, the name of the book is profit first. And that might make some people in this industry who are woo woo and heart heavy. Um, that might not 
hit them well when they first listened mm-hmm. to it. And that's kind of what I was thinking when I first read the, the title of the book, Profit First. I was like, uh, that's not my kind of book, uh, you know, but you know, I got into it and I, you, you, you have to take care of yourself. You have to be profitable to take care of other people. And just, it's like that whole analogy they use on an airplane, right? If the, if you see the, the right. oxygen mask drops out of the ceiling, uh, you got to put it on yourself first before you start taking care of other people because you, you are useless if you're passed out, right? That's and right. you will pass out. Your business will be choked out if you don't have the money. So you got to think of it that way. And um, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much, Casey. How can we connect with you if we have any questions? Oh, thank you. Um, the best way um, to reach us would be probably via our website, which I'm really proud of. I actually went live. Uh, we redid it last year and it's very restaurant focused. So that's um, Spark Business Consulting. So www.spark as in spark plug, S-P-A-R-K, businessconsulting.com. Um, you'll see our restaurants on there, some other businesses on there. Profit First will be on there. And again, you can download some uh, restaurant articles that we wrote. You can contact us through there as well. Um, yeah. And that will be in the show notes as well. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash Profit First. And uh, I almost forgot to have you call somebody out. That is a tradition here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Uh, so who is one independent restaurant operator, somebody that you respect and admire and know would make a great guest mentor like you made for us today? Oh, wow. I'm going to have to say Brian Lesser. Uh, we spoke about him before. Yes. Brian, look up. I'm coming after you. Brian Lesser. Yep. Is he a profit first guy? No, but he, you know what? And he, he, you know, he certainly should be, but every once in a while you run across a restaurant that is just really killing it anyway. <laughs> and then you bring this up to him like, Oh, that's, that sounds good. That sounds good. Okay. Well next, you know, I'm doing fine and you, know, you could be doing finer, <laughs> but doing better. Right? So he's not yet, but he's on my radar. Awesome. Well, this was a, a knowledge packed action advice packed, uh, episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. And I cannot wait to dive into that webinar and learn more and uh, to help our listeners out. Me too. All right. Cheers. Yeah, thank you. We'll put it there. There we go. Your repeat episode of Profit First. Thanks again to Casey Anton for joining me with the uh, opening thoughts and being my go-to expert in my Profit First professional, uh, sharing your knowledge around this special um considerations when it comes to leveraging the profit first money management system in restaurants, very valuable stuff there. And you guys, I just, I can't say how excited I am for you to be discovering profit first. I I wanted to launch this thing in restaurant unstoppable over two years ago. And, um, frankly, I, I've never been great with money management. I've never been great with numbers and it was intimidating for me. And I finally got the kick in the ass I needed, um, in 2020, uh, because I was going to be bringing on partners. And the whole reason why I wanted to leverage profit first was because I've, there's just so much value in knowing exactly where your money is and having a money management system. And, and I always say on the show that cash flow and people determine your growth. And when you know exactly what you have left, exactly what you need to survive and be happy and cover your liabilities and get, give your family and yourself that security you need. If, you need and then to see that there's a little bit left over and that you can use that little bit to invest in assets to grow your business. And I think too often on the show, people just get way too far ahead over their skis and they try to grow before they're ready. They don't have the people and they don't have the cash flow. The profit first money management system is a like a sure way to know the cash is there to grow, to invest in assets, to go to the next level. And just to give you an exit an idea of the significance of profit first. 
I'm still paying back my 2017, 2018, and 2019 taxes because I wasn't allocating, because I wasn't budgeting. And in 2020, with COVID-19, Q3 and Q2 were absolute busts for me. I was still able to put away $10,000 for taxes and over $3,000 worth of profit in my savings. While not making barely any money, barely scraping to get by because you just, you just adapt when, when you, it, it's that, that small plate mentality. You, you just adapt. You, your mind kicks into overdrive and you figure ways, you figure it out. You just figure out ways to get it done and it's super powerful. So here's a call to action. Head over to restaurantunstoppablecom slash profit first. That will redirect you to restaurant unstoppable network where you will get 12 months of free network Access thirty dollars a month would be the value. I'm giving you twelve months free because I want to get the I want to get good people in this network, um, and I really want you guys to get profit first. So once you get into the network, once you're a part of the network, you can go to the courses tab, scroll down, find profit first right there. Actually, it should be at the top. It should be the only course that's listed right there. Profit first, two hundred and fifty dollars gets you access to that private course within the restaurant unstoppable network. You'll have access to myself. You'll have access to Casey and some of her team members, profit first professionals. You'll also have access to other restaurants around the nation who are implementing profit first in their business. And you'll get that support. You'll, you'll be able to answer questions. You can share best practices. Um, you'll also get the profit first uh, money allocator calculator. You get the first two chapters of profit first, the book you'll get I mean, just, just the community alone, I think is worth $250. Um, and there's just so much more. So again, call to action restaurantunstoppablecom slash profit first. Then you will get your 12 months of free access to restaurant unstoppable. Once you create your, your profile, and this is going to be taken away on November 1st, I'm going to discontinue that 12 months access. So do not hesitate. Um, after November 1st, you'll get 30 days access for free. Um, so do take advantage of this and we'll see you over in the network. If you have any questions, email me, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com, And I cannot wait to meet you. All right, guys, that's it for today. Until next time. Peace out.